uh, pastor of the church, uh, I, I listened to two different talks where people said almost exactly the same thing, where they basically said, if all we're doing is staring at the back of other people's heads, we're not really doing church. And I was a little bit kind of uh, inspired by that. And I know that happens in lots of different ways. It happens in food bank, um, kind of like cafe, as, as people kind of come together. It happens in light groups absolutely brilliantly. Um, but I just thought I'd do something a little bit different today. Um, so those of you that are kind of... I know some of you like it, Dave. I know some of you like it, and that's really cool. I know some of you really, really will be like, change is not easy, especially maybe in terms of your mental health. Um, I haven't done this without consideration. Um, I've done that with this in mind. That's why we put something in light news as well, to let you know that things are going to be a bit different. So if you do struggle with it, then we genuinely acknowledge that. And um, yeah, I'm just sinking here, aren't I? And, um, and that's cool. And I will also um, just say that if... Um, if you are on the front row and you really don't want to be on Facebook Live, maybe just because you haven't put enough makeup on, Steve, um, then uh, kind of like now is the time. Now is the time to move. So we're talking uh, as a church. If you're a visitor with us, a guest with us, we're talking at the moment about building a strong family. Uh, we've spent quite a few weeks looking at kind of like the, the theology behind it, what the Bible says around how we should love one another. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. And there's an awful lot more kind of going on in the Bible about that. But last week, we started to get a little bit practical, absolutely brilliantly from John, in terms of how do we love one another? How do we build strong family? We do it by encouraging one another, speaking words of affirmation, positivity, encouragement over one another. And we did that. And so we're moving on to another very, very practical way that the Bible and the early church and the message of Jesus teaches us in terms of how we build a strong family and how we express our love for one another. I'm going I'm to take myself back up again and see if I can stay there this time. Okay, I'm going to use some calf muscles here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thankfully, as a cyclist, I have calf muscles. Maybe not as big as Angus is, but I do have some calf muscles, so that's good. So there's a consistent picture and a consistent metaphor um, within the Word of God in the teaching of Jesus and uh, that talks about our relationship with Jesus. It talks about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like. And the brilliant, brilliant news is it always, always, kind of in this particular picture, this particular metaphor, there are different pictures, it involves food. Hallelujah. Who likes food? Yeah? I think we're all, like, it's, it's, it's rare you meet someone that doesn't actually like food. My mum and dad had a friend who just passed away recently. He didn't really like food, did he? It was just fuel for him. But I think most of us, we love food. I volunteered in food bank, um, well I say volunteered, I spent a day in food bank on Friday. And one of the icebreaker questions was, what's your favourite food? Mostly Chinese or anything, um, to be fair. No one said tinned peas, did they? Even though that's what they spent most of their morning stacking. Um, and... Uh, and, and, and I thought, what better way? Oh, yeah, poached eggs on toast. <laughs> Favorite food. Easy, yeah? <laughs> and um, what I thought we would do is um, just share a little bit of food, actually. And so, Kevin, do you want to just pick that up? Just kind of like maybe kind of share it amongst your quarter over there. Anyone else? Rob, do you fancy picking this one up and just... Will you? Okay. Liam's, Liam's at it already. Ben, do you fancy picking that up and just serving it around? Um, I realise the youth are in the meeting, so I've, kept, I've got some fruit for them, yeah, and um, so, okay, you can probably take one thing each, okay, a piece of fruit or a pastry, so maybe just kind of pass the bowl round, you don't have to put any money in, I know you think, I know you're in church, but you don't actually have to, um, do you want to 
pass some fruit, pass some fruit around. You can hold out for a pastry if you want to hold out for a pastry. But um, go for it. Yeah, anyone whose uh, January diet is still going, so feel free just to grab something and feel free to eat it. Um, peel your banana, peel your fruit. Please make sure you kind of clear it up when you get to it. God clearly likes it when we eat. God gives us lots of different metaphors, lots of different teaching around eating. Oh, what's she going to go for? What are you going to go for, Helen? And feel, bring them back to the middle when you've, uh, when you've finished kind of distributing. Um. Whilst God is... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking now whilst it all keeps getting distributed. So, uh, heads up. I, might, I know it might not feel like I'm preaching, but I am preaching. I'm bringing the word. Amen. So, God obviously loves it when we eat, but I tell you what, he loves it when we eat together. Eating together is a massive part of the kingdom of God and following the way of Jesus. It's a metaphor for our relationship with God. It's also a metaphor. A metaphor is just like a type of picture, an analogy for the kingdom of God. Cool. Let's all settle down. <laughs> That's great. I knew there'd be lots of fruit left. Great. Okay, just pass it out, Liam. You don't need to do a running commentary. That's great. The Apostle John, who was one of Jesus' closest friends, he wrote a book in the Bible called Revelation. And basically, he had a huge encounter with the Holy Spirit, where he got a view and a glimpse of kind of some very interesting stuff around how the world might end. But he also had a really, really kind of intimate glimpse of who Jesus is and what Jesus invites us to. And one of those moments, Jesus, in this vision to him, said these words. He said, look, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. We will share a meal together as friends. Now probably if you've been around church a while, you've heard people being encouraged to invite Jesus in. Invite Jesus in. Invite Jesus in that your sins might be forgiven. Invite Jesus in that you might be healed. Invite Jesus in that you might be saved. And all of those things, amen and amen and amen. But I love it. Jesus says, invite me in so we might sit down and enjoy a meal together. That is, that is how Jesus talks about being in relationship with him having a meal together. And I think that's why we call it having a relationship with Jesus. 
Because when you sit face to face with someone across the meal table, if I was to sit here face to face across the meal table with Rob, that would be a relationship. It would be the beginning of a relationship or it would be a deepening of a relationship depending on how well we know each other, wouldn't it? Jesus regularly sat and ate food with people. That was really, really important to him. We see it in a lot of different places, especially in Luke's gospel. Luke was really keen on writing about this. Zacchaeus in Luke 19, he saw him up a tree. He said, come down, I'm coming to your house today. In other words, I'm going to eat food with you. Oh, and by the way, Zacchaeus, you're making it. <laughs> Don't think he minded to say that. We see him meet Levi in Luke 5. He calls Levi, says, Levi, follow me. Come and be one of my disciples. And before you know it, a few verses later, what is he doing? He is sitting down with Levi, eating food with him. We see him at Mary and Martha's house in Luke 10, which we kind of, yeah, probably very well-known story. Ultimately, where Mary's sitting there adoring Jesus and Martha's doing all the housework. Sounds like my house. Um, <laughs> only joking. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Doesn't sound anything like our house. And what was going on? Well, they were preparing a meal. They were, they were eating food together. That was the depth of their relationship. They were there. They were eating food together. And you even see Jesus eating in the houses of really religious people. Religious people we normally had a few strong words for, but you see him sitting down and he was eating with them. Jesus loved and still loves to sit down and eat with People. He understands there is a connection when we meet over food. And in one sense, Jesus himself wasn't that hospitable because scripture seems to suggest he didn't have a home to invite people to. Obviously, that didn't stop him. Thousands of people on a hillside. He's like, right, let's sort some food out, boys. What have we got between us? The feeding of the, the 5,000 men and the 4,000 men. Don't forget that it's only men that were counted. But Jesus knew that actually anyone that came to him was going to get filled up on a hearty meal. In fact, he told them in John 6:35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I am bread for your soul. I am bread for your spirit. I am food for you. I wrote this. I liked it. Jesus was and is the spiritual all-you-can-eat buffet to end all you can eat buffets. <laughs> whatever you need for your spirit, whatever you need for your soul, you will find it in Jesus, the bread of life. And his plan was that as we sat down and as we ate together, his plan was that it would be something very practical and very physical, obviously, but also it would be something extremely spiritual. It would be a spiritual moment. Did you know that when any of you cook food and invite people in to share that food, that is God's kingdom coming here in Bradford, here in West Yorkshire in 2020. That is God's kingdom coming. It is that important to him. And Jesus taught us. He taught us to pray, didn't he? Your kingdom come. Yeah. He taught us to pray, your kingdom come. And was that simply because he just wanted us to pray it and then hope it happens? Or actually, was he saying, pray this prayer, pray your kingdom come, because as we pray it, we might then also go, oh, I should probably do something about this. Yeah? I should probably do something about this. 
I mean, praying it is good, your kingdom come, but then actually going and doing something about it. Because God mostly has left it to us, his church, to be the bringers of the kingdom of God into this city. So he says, your kingdom come. And then he says, and you want to know what the kingdom is like? Do you want to know what the kingdom is like? In Luke 13, he says this. He says, people will come from east and west and north and south. They will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. People are going to come from all over. They will come from all over and they will take their places. What is the kingdom like? It's like a feast. Better than a few bits of fruit and some ice buns. Even though that's nice, there's a few ice buns left there. one's mine yep help yourself it's all good it's a very biblical thing to do Um, (laughs) people will come from east and west and north and south and they will take their places they will take a seat at the table of the kingdom of God And then we see Jesus continues to teach. From Luke 13, it kind of rolls over and he keeps going on. And he starts telling them stories. In fact, most of what Jesus did was tell stories to try and get people to understand what the kingdom of God was like. In one of the stories, he's actually there. He's actually eating with some people. Some people are a bit too religious for his liking, to be fair. And he says, you know, when you put on a banquet, and he's talking about the kingdom, when you put on a banquet, Don't just invite your rich mates. He says, invite the poor, invite the lame, invite the crippled, invite those that don't really have much. Invite those that can't invite you back. This is what he says. And as he tells his story, a guy who sat there with him says, oh, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. The Jewish people always look forward to the kingdom of God as a banquet. It was always going to be a a sitting down together and eating. So can you see that when we sit down and eat together, we are bringing the kingdom of God. We're bringing God's purposes. We're bringing his plans that when we sit down, we share food. We eyeball one another. We get to know one another. We maybe even help doing the washing up, whatever it might be. It's the kingdom of God coming in our midst. And then Jesus tells another story, all within this same chapter of Luke. By the way, it's Bible verses on bits of paper around you if you're bored. Which, of course, you won't be. But instead of putting something up on the screens, I thought I'd give you um, something printed out today. He tells another story. He tells a story about a great feast. He says, a man, a man put on a great feast and he invited everyone to come, but people didn't come. Effectively, what Jesus says there is, you know what, they're all a bit too rich to be bothered turning up. They're a bit too rich. One was like, oh, I've just bought something expensive. I need to go and do that. I've bought some land. I need to go and sort out that. Effectively, they're all a bit too rich to turn up. And the story goes on. He basically goes, well, forget those people then. Go and find some people who know they need a meal. Go and find some people who know they need to be looked after who aren't so full of themselves. Go and find those sorts of people. This was the kind of picture that Jesus painted around the kingdom of God. Invite people in. This is a feast. The church of God and the people of God should be a feast for this city. We should be a feast for one another. Not necessarily just because of food, 
but because of the love that we bring into friendships and relationships, because of the joy that we bring, because of the support that we bring to one another, this passionate love that Jesus said would set us apart and would define us. Matthew 22, Jesus spoke to them again in parables. I'm just parables. I'm just kind of throwing, throwing these out there. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And by using the term wedding banquet, he's really upping the stakes in terms of the quality, the quality of the food that was going to be on offer, not that we should let that hold us back. So we pray your kingdom come. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. And Jesus basically goes on to say, your kingdom come, it's simple. Food, drink, sit down together, bring the kingdom of God in this simple way. He taught that eating, feasting, hospitality was a brilliant, brilliant way to bring his kingdom here on earth. And so it's no wonder that as Jesus did all of that teaching, that the early church became famous for it. The early church became famous for their hospitality, famous for inviting people in, famous for sharing food with one another. That was the thing that made them stand out. It was their love and their care and their compassion all brought together in, come on, we're going to have something to eat. Would you like to come and have something to eat with us? And so we see, so for those of you who don't know your Bible, um, kind of, you know, you're just getting to, to learn what the Bible is. Um, you've got the four Gospels, which are the stories of Jesus and his teaching. You've got then a, a, a book called the Acts of the Apostles, which is basically the things that happened in the early church. And then you've got a bunch of letters, often called the epistles. Um, and they are where different people, but mostly one guy, a guy called Paul, wrote to the church to encourage them to do things. And even as we read through those letters, we see... That feasting, hospitality is right there at the heart of what it means to be the people of Jesus. Right there at the heart of what it means to be his church. In Romans 12, 13, he wrote these words. He wrote, share with the Lord's people who are in need. So actually here he's quite focusing on people in need. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Which kind of ties in with what Jesus said. So when you throw a banquet, don't just invite all your rich neighbours. We are happy, you know, it's all, all good if you've got some rich neighbours, that's good to invite them, yeah? Kind of, we have, we invite them, that's all good. But share with the Lord's people who are in need. And he says, practice hospitality. Some of us need a bit more practice, don't we? Yeah, some of us need a bit more practice. And uh, practice, get, get used to it, get used to hospitality so that you can actually do it relatively easily. In 1 Peter, this was a, so this was a letter written by Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest friends, one of his disciples. He wrote these words. He said, above all, love each other deeply. Above all, love each other deeply. And he said this famous phrase, which you've probably heard whether you've been in church all your life or not. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Yeah. We can, we, we can forgive people a lot of stuff, can't we, if we know that we're loved. Yeah. If we know that we're loved deeply. But then he goes on and he says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> 
offer hospitality with one another without grumbling. And most importantly, that's without grumbling in your hearts. Yeah? Don't do it begrudgingly. Don't do it, oh, I suppose I got to, oh, Matt did that stupid talk on hospitality. I suppose I should invite some people over. I hate it. Um, now, do some work on your heart first, yeah? Okay? Because that won't be a very pleasant experience. Hi, come in. Yeah, food's nearly ready. <laughs> no. Just as we say give cheerfully, we say offer hospitality without grumbling. Do it without grumbling. As they started to teach the early church around what leadership should like in the early church, one of the things that they pointed out of what they called the elders over the church, the leaders of the church, one of the things that Paul consistently wrote, inspired by God's spirit, was elders should be hospitable. It's one of the things. A bunch, bunch of other things. They should be faithful to their, to their wife. They should be temperate. They should be self-controlled. They should be respectable. They should be able to teach. But thrown in there, really practical. If we're going to bring the kingdom of God, it's all very well being able to teach. It's all very well being upright and good and all of that. If you can't open your home and show people the hospitality of God, then please, don't try and be a leader. It's effectively what he's saying. We see in Acts chapter 2, they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The early church joined together. They shared food. I'm going to come on to some practicalities at the end of the service. But hopefully you can get a bit, bit of a view. As God's people, we're here to bring the kingdom on earth. And we can do that in different ways. We can do it by loving our neighbors. We can do it by loving those we work with. We can do it by offering prayer for people. It's scary at times. We can do it by sharing our faith. We can do it by seeking justice. We can do it by being brilliant at whatever it is that God's called us to do. If we're called to teach, we do it brilliantly. And as we do that, we bring the kingdom of God. If we're called to be in a call center, we handle those calls brilliantly and we seek to sow salt. But one of the big things that we cannot ignore is if we want to see God's kingdom come, it has to be through eating together, hospitality, inviting people in. It's clearly one of Jesus' commands to us. And how beautiful when Jesus decided that there would be a moment that we could regularly stop and remember all he has done for us, remember his death and his resurrection, praise God. And how amazing that he would plan it, that we should do it around a table. We should take food and we should take drink and we should give thanks. So let's do that.